Super Monkey Brains and the Utah Monolith. The Fedora Chronicles Radio Show's Cyber Monday Special Part 2. Continuing the conversation that was recorded on November 25th, but released on December 1st, 2020, Jason Cousineau and I, Eric Reiner King Fisk, talk about the unintended consequences of genetically manipulating monkey brains to make them smarter. Could science create a slave race or cause an ape apocalypse when the more intelligent primates are released into the wild by accident or on purpose? What are the moral and ethical dilemmas associated with the research into making animals more human-like? Do the titles Island of Dr. Moreau, Jurassic Park, and Planet of the Apes mean anything to these people? Jay and I then move on to using lasers to direct lightning strikes and the mysterious stainless steel monolith that appeared in the desert in Utah. It's as if Stanley Kubrick and Arthur C. Clarke are speaking to us from beyond the grave and they're using the Fedora Chronicles radio show as their own personal Ouija board. This episode is dedicated to Paige Elmore of Reverie True Crime. Be sure to subscribe to her podcast, join her Facebook group, and follow her on Twitter. And keep an eye out for a special interview with her and I that will be recorded sometime in the very near future. The Fedora Chronicles radio show is brought to you by our patrons. Patreon.com slash Fedora Chronicles. For a mere dollar a month, you get early access to the show, show notes, behind-the-scenes action, and more. Coming soon, patrons will also be eligible for exclusive products and promotional materials. You can also support the Fedora Chronicles radio show and show off your amazing taste and style with new products from Zazzle. Zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. 12.5% of each purchase goes directly into keeping this podcast on the air. The Fedora Chronicles radio show can be heard on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including iTunes, Google Podcast, Stitcher, Overcast, Spotify, Player FM, Castro, and Breaker. If our podcast isn't on your favorite platform, let us know right away and we will pass along a special gift to you as a thank you. Our email address is fedorachronicle at gmail.com or you can reach us on Twitter at Fedora Chronicle. Once again, here's Jason Cousineau and me, Eric Fisk from the Fedora Chronicles. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Human genes are inserted into monkey brains, causing them to expand an unnerving Planet of the Apes-style experiment. To you quote did another, it! Another, scientific, another sci-fi movie, you were so excited to see if you could, you never stopped to think if you should. I'm just thinking about Charlton Heston and his girlfriend horseback riding down right the on beach. The horse. <laughs> You goddamn fools. <laughs> you maniacs! You did it! You blew it up! Damn you! Damn you all to hell!
No, uh, honestly, what's the, what's the worst that could happen? What is the absolute worst that could happen by experimenting on uh, monkey Dude, brains? Do you not read science fiction? Uh, I don't think you realize that that was supposed to be sarcasm, Jay. <laughs> That's right. I'm sorry. Just, I mean, hell, that question has been asked and answered by science fiction going back to the pulp days. <laughs> <laughs> What's the worst that could happen with intelligent creatures? Well, hell, let's go. Let's take a look at the entire lexicon. That's an entire fucking subgenre of science fiction. Hell, even fantasy. Let's hey, no, let's go back. When was when was Frankenstein published? Because I I think oh, that's eighteen hundreds. That's eighteen hundreds. Hey Google, or how? Hey DuckDuckGo. When was Frank, when was Frankenstein published? Oh my God, January 1st, yeah. 1818. Yep. Wow, and she was 20. Mary Shelley was 20. I thought she was older than that. Yeah, she was a, she was a Talk young. about peaking early. Holy oh my shit. God. Yeah, since 1818 is when we have been trying to answer the question, what if we just fuck with shit that we really shouldn't? Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Right? So experts found the insertion of the gene called ARHGAP11B resulted in a larger neocortex in the fotis of a common marmoset. Okay, so a marmoset is a rodent, I thought. Okay, whatever. It is what it is. No, it's a, it's, it's a new world monkey species. I had to look that up. Oh, yeah. They did it with the small things. They didn't go right for the big apes. That's, that's, that. Well, well, Someone somewhere went, dude, wait a minute. Wait a minute. There was this reboot of a movie series we probably should <laughs> avoid. You know, it's like whoever came up with the idea of naming their company Skynet. You know, genetically tweaked marmoset brains are found to mimic the natural bumps and indentations in human brains known as the Geary and Sulky, respectively. An evolutionary trait in humans to increase surface area for neurons or nerve cells. The experiments are evocative of the recent plan of the Apes films where genetically modified primates wage a war on humanity. They developed seven marmoset fotuses in total, all in utero, and were obtained at a day 102 of pregnancy by cesarean section for analysis. We found that the neocortex of the common marmoset brain was enlarged and the brain surface folded, said study author Michael Heidi at Max Planck Institute of Molecular Cell Biology and Genetics. We also saw increased numbers of upper layer neurons, the neuron type that increases in primate evolution. The human neocortex is about three times bigger than that of our closest relatives, the chimpanzees. During evolution, our brains folded into the distinctive wrinkled appearance to fit inside the restricted space of our skull while allowing the surface area of the neocortex to be greatly increased. Images of the 101-day-old genetically engineered marmoset photos about 50 days away from its normal birth date show this included folding, induced folding in the team's experiments in contrast with marmoset brains normally, which are much smoother than humor brain, human brains as well as smaller. So it looks like they didn't let them come full term. But they still did these experiments. Yeah. I'm going to have to read this article more, but why was 
why did they do this? What was what were they trying to do? Does it mention anything in the article that you can see that explains why they did what they did? I'm kind of skimming through. Uh, da, da, da. I'm trying to get see if you can get to the point that I pretty much got to when I read this article for the same time, but for the first time. Yeah, I'm kind of skimming through here. Yeah. Uh, so they're trying to find out the relevance of, of the gene. But to what point, to what end are they doing this? I don't know. I just skimmed skimmed around. Now let's just... Let's just cut to the chase here, or I will I will tell tell the audience what I think is yeah. going on and why they did what they did. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Brett Weinstein lately. Brett Weinstein has this really great article. Oh, not a great article. He has a great podcast called uh, Dark Horse, and he and his wife talk about um, efficacy in scientific exploration. And in experimentation. And one of the things that scares him and the rest of the scientific community are these rogue scientists and these rogue organizations who do things just because they can. And by doing these experiments, they're trying to sort of prove a point. And what that point is varies from scenario to scenario. You have institutions and universities who are always trying to go for the big grant dollar. And basically that's really what it is all about is getting the grants to do these big experiments and the university gets half of whatever grants that you get because you're using their facilities. It's only fair and it's only right. I believe to it to an extent. And the thing is, is that what's the biggest thing that we can do? What's the, what's the, What's the most grandiose thing that we can think of and do? And sort of like to paraphrase Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park. They were so concerned and excited about whether or not they could do this thing. They never bothered to stop and think of whether or not that they should. And this also sort of piggybacks onto other shows that we've done on the topic of gain-of-function experiments. And... For the past couple of years, and maybe even the past couple of decades, there have been viral institutes who have been trying to see how bad they can make viruses and then try and see how they behave and then create vaccines accordingly. Now, because of the vast number of variations, you cannot create in a lab a dangerous virus that's going to be exactly just like the dangerous virus that nature will come up with or produce. A deadly coronavirus that you experiment on in the lab is not going to look anything like what is going to occur in nature naturally. Let's just take bat viruses, for example, just off the top of my head. Okay. <laughs> Pull something out of the air. And you have these, this lab or these two labs in China who are experimenting on these viruses. And they were patting themselves on the back every time that they created a brand new variation of a virus. And that they would even travel thousands of miles to other parts of the country or other parts of Asia and Africa, South America, and harvest these viruses. 
and and try and splice them together to make even worse viruses and just to see what would happen. And then could they create a vaccine for this horrible virus that they just created? Just in the name of science and prevention. How did that work out for everybody? And now it's still it's can it's it's debatable or it's being debated on the global stage on whether or not SARS CoV two or Corona nineteen coronavirus COVID nineteen COVID nineteen has been genetically modified in the lab. And by saying that, people are going to just become outraged by the fact that we're actually entertaining this idea or this thought. For right now, this is safe. These experiments on these monkeys, they're safe because... They're not letting them go full term. They're not letting them come to full term. And they're not going to have cages full of monkeys with these modified brains. It's just a matter of time before somebody has the great idea, let's see how these monkeys behave and perform if we allow them to go full term, be allowed to be born in a, these controlled environments. And then after maybe a couple of weeks or maybe a couple of months or a year, we'll destroy them and we'll see uh, how, how their brains performed and how their brains developed. And then somebody's gonna come up with the idea, what if we allow these monkeys to mature and see what happens? They're going to take the next step and the next step and the next step. And the next thing you know, somebody is going to have an arboretum somewhere with these monkeys, with these advanced brains, as it were. We're going to have like a zoo, a controlled zoo in a controlled environment. Or an island of Dr. Moreau kind of situation. Maybe. Like, are you going to take an island? Are you going to? Here's an idea. Let's take Jeffrey Epstein's island remove all the people from that island and let's just dump these monkeys on this island and see what happens what's the worst that can happen and look it's in it's on an island there's no chance that these monkeys are going to escape if we if if we have the protocols in place to make sure that these monkeys don't escape but if you know anything about human nature what happens when we become complacent we become lazy yep we become lazy and let's face it humankind being lazy is what led to slavery i don't want to do it i have power over these other people militarily however i'm going to make them do the shit work i don't want to do what's to say that won't happen to those poor creatures who have been genetically modified specifically to serve our laziness it's not an unfair question it's not unfair it's not it's something that ought to be terrifying the hell out of all of us because no, what's no seriously? What's going to happen when these things well, yeah. escape? Or not even if they escape. The more like us something is, the more likely someone is going to. They're going to become cause celeb. They're going to become some another thing that needs to be allowed back into nature. Right? Is how it's probably going to start. These experiments are awful, but we can't kill them because now they're self-aware. And that would be murder. So what are we going to do? Well, it's not right to keep someone who's self-aware in slavery. It's not right to kill them. So what happens? So what is the solution? Should we be doing these experiments on these monkeys and seeing seeing how... And by the way, these the, the minds that are going to be making these decisions are the same minds that brought us to kind of tie things together 
the DuPont fiasco and the election fiasco. Those are the people that are going to be making this decision. Do you have confidence in either group? A hell no. Right? Neither do I. Because the more and more I read about what allegedly happened with the coronavirus and reading the speculation from smarter people than me that something awful happened and people are not willing to admit and concede the fact that this thing probably happened, meaning that there is a likelihood that somebody was observing and experimenting on this virus and somehow escaped from the lab. The lab escape hypothesis has been poo-pooed and tisk-tisked and it's been branded with the, quote, conspiracy theory, unquote, label to such an extent that it's like it, 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 it's taboo to even debate whether or not it's possible. I'm, and I know that we're going to get shit on for, for talking about this. The, well, yeah, but I mean, it's if this is actually happening and we have no reason to think it's not it's the Daily Mail Co. UK, there are, as far as I know, that's not like it, it's not a tabloid. We have other you articles. Know, there's a lot of half naked women pictures on the side of it, but whatever, you know, whatever. We have other articles that we're linking to that are from far more reputable organizations. But my whole thing, Jay, and it's different from yours. You think that we can make a slave species out of these monkeys with these um, genetically modified brains. Mm -hmm. That's your concern. My concern is on the other end of the spectrum. What happens when these super monkeys escape out to the wild? It just takes one male or female monkey with these super brains to mingle and mate with other monkeys and that the chances are good that some of their offspring are also going to have genetically modified brains what's going what what are the super monkeys going to do to the other monkeys for resources look at what happened to according to anthropologists what happened between Cro-Magnon and Neanderthal. According well, to Cro-Magnon destroyed him. They bred with him to an extent, but they also they they killed him. Killed him off. My concern is that we are going to release these genetically modified monkeys and that with their human traits, they're going to take over the rest of the population of that specific species of monkeys. And then you know, you know that there are going to be other scientists who are going to say, if we did this to this little tiny, what kind of monkey did you say it was again? Marmoset. Okay, we they, they did it on the marmoset. Okay, what's the next largest monkey that they could do these experiments on? Oh, geez, I don't know. All right. So they're going to they're going to move their way up. At what point are they going to like look at gorillas and say, oh, we could do this to gorillas, too? If if human history is any indication of what's going on out there in the world, you know, <laughs> you know what's going to happen, Jay. You know that these things are going to escape. Yeah. You you know that there is going to be. You can you can have a nature preserve out in Africa, and you can have all the gates and the guns and all the security forces that you can possibly imagine. But you know that there's going somebody is going to escape. Oh yeah, you know course. it's inevitable, and that yeah. the and that these super monkeys are going to decimate the population of of the lesser performing, the lesser intelligent monkeys. 
And we are going to be responsible for the extinction of one group of monkeys to favor these other genetically modified monkeys. Or maybe I've read right. too and much. And that is not natural selection, by the way. No, it's it's the exact opposite of natural selection. Right. It's 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 horrifying. It's really it's 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 words fail me. It's you can see, and this is not a slippery slope. It's not something where you've done this and now the next is gonna happen, 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 and then it goes fast from there. This is gonna be an incremental slide into some this is the first step in a territory we should not be treading. No. And the question, what if, doesn't always deserve an answer. Hell, the question why doesn't always deserve an answer. You know? I mean, it's disturbing. It's really, really disturbing that people are carrying out these experiments on really, literally defenseless creatures because it's not like the it's not like the monkeys have any choice in the matter. It's not like they were questioned at a time. Hey, is, is it okay with you if we experiment on you? No, absolutely. The question not. was never asked. No, no, and it ought to be. So, it ought it ought to be terrifying. And well, for me anyway, it is. Because again, now what? What's next? They've right. They've done this. And now what? What is the next step? What are they going to want to do next? What is the next? Are they going what is the next experiment they want to conduct? Because we're isolating these human genes that make people people. Like we're, we're taking the, the, the genes that are responsible for larger our larger brains. Yeah. And genes that are responsible for the development of certain parts of our brains that make us who we are or make us what we are. And then we're injecting these into all of these animals. And like you had said earlier, we, we are quickly approaching... Like this, it's sort of like this freakish Dr. Moreau territory where, whereas it's like, we can't, we obviously can't guess what the unforeseen consequences are going to be because they're, they're un, un, <laughs> by un, definition, by definition, <laughs> unforeseen circumstances. But the problem is, is that does anybody have the courage to say, Hey, listen, we need to stop this. We need to stop these crazy experiments because if we're not careful, we are going to create a situation that is so incredibly dangerous. And we are creating products that are so that at once they get out into the wild, there's no stopping this. Yeah, you cannot put that genie back in the bottle. And we're responsible for this. Yeah. We did this. And how are future generations going to, to, to judge us? And the thing is, is that, well, what if you genetically, what if you do the same thing to dogs? What if you start like inserting human genes into dogs to make them more intelligent? Right. Easier to train, right? You can almost hear people saying that. Well, it'll just make them easier to train. It'll just be easier to handle. Is, is that all that's going to happen? Because maybe I read too much science fiction, but that's, that's really not how that ever works. That's not how that ever ends up, you know, and, and a lot of people will malign people saying that. They'll be like, all right, well, yeah, you read too much science fiction. It's not going to happen that way. Is it not going to happen that way? It won't happen exactly the same way, but can you honestly see it happening differently? Because what, again, like you asked earlier, to what end? How far are they going to take it? You can see, well, okay, well, we did this, but we didn't let them come to term. Well, then what's the next question? Well, what happens if they come to term? 
You know, you went through that. I can see science asking those same questions. I can see scientists asking those same questions. And then there's going to be someone in there who feels bad for the poor things, right? I can see that happening too. Why? Because it's happened in the past. History does repeat itself. People are people. Someone's going to fall in love with the cute little bugger and then say they don't deserve to be locked up here. So what happens then? You're going to release them? And then what's going to happen to that poor creature? What's going to happen to the... At least they won't be enslaved. But what's going to happen to the other creatures in that environment as well? Because because intelligence is not always a good thing. When we're, when we're rushing towards this horizon and we don't know what's there at the horizon, we don't understand the consequences. And, right. and, and I, listen, I have a bias and it's like, you can sort of, you know, um, blame my upbringing. I had nothing better to do. I was bored. I didn't have the internet and I, I and I didn't have social media and I didn't have video games. I went to the library and it's like, I said, Oh, I, you know, I really like the Star Wars thing. What other, let's see, Star Star Wars is science fiction. What other science fiction stuff is out there? And then you're reading books like Dune and The Island of Dr. Moreau and Frankenstein. (laughs) It was like, (laughs) and it was like, oh shit. You you know, like, oh, this is what people are worried about. And it's like last week, last episode, last week we talked about the efficacy of scientific um, um, space exploration and exploitation. And should we go out and should we be strip mining these asteroids of all of their natural resources so we're not doing it here? Right. And that we're going to create, you think we're going to create a slave race of... Well, I think that's one of the things that's, that right. may happen with this. Because as you mentioned what do we do with them? So I could see that being something that gets brought up. Animals are pets. You know, people have been keeping animals as pets for so long that it's part of the human condition, right? So what's going to happen if you create an intelligent animal that when you're honest with yourself, you know you can't release in nature. What, do you, what else are you going to do with it? Well, we're going to keep it as a pet. Well, is that fair to keep it as a pet? Can, you can see it happening. You can see the questions that get asked that then need answers because we're not asking them ahead of time. We're asking them after the fact, you know, it's like those, those parents when we were kids that kept, that kept putting their kids in their rooms and telling, sending them there whenever they didn't want to deal with them. And then they wonder why their kids are antisocial. Yeah. Well, you never let them socialize. Of course they're antisocial. They don't know how to fucking talk to people. They've been locked in their room talking to themselves all goddamn day. No for one, weeks at a time. No wonder that they're all... Eric's misbehaving. Let's lock him in the basement. Let's see. What's the worst that could happen? I mean, it's not like he's going right. to like make a podcast and you know talk about all of this <laughs> shit. They're just lucky that, you know, you were able to watch old movies, old black and white movies, instead of, say, you know, the porn coming across from Canada or something. You know, I mean... Don't, don't judge me. Don't judge me. <laughs> But, but again, oh, I think, I'm judging you. I'm it, judging you. I'm saying you turned out better than you should have. That's I know. how I'm judging you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly what my therapist said just before she retired because I made her crazy. Um, <laughs> but but there, from what I've read, 
They just want to see how this gene works and whether or not they can apply this gene to other mammals. And let's just see what happens. And no, well, yeah. nobody is, they, I don't think. In the article, they talked about mice. They did it with mice. Do you remember the secret of Nim? Yep. Okay. Yep. And just and just leave it at that. Do we have do we have time for our other news stories? Um. Yeah, a couple of them. All right. Um. I don't want to. What do we want to go with? I don't want to do the. Uh huh. Go ahead. What I do just, you want to go with? I just want to spend two minutes talking about this article from Futurism. Scientists say laser device can make lightning strikes, <laughs> lightning strike specific targets. That's a fun toy to bring to Thanksgiving dinner, don't you think? <laughs> mom, mom, I, I, I think the turkey is, is, is too dry. Mom, what are you doing with the laser pointer? <laughs> Take care of this fucking <laughs> So, I, full disclosure, I've been struck by lightning. Well, I wasn't directly struck by lightning, but when I was a teenager, lightning struck the ground close to me knocked me out, right? Woke up three days later in the hospital, still have nerve damage on the right side of my body, okay? But I was also, when I was in the Coast Guard, our boat was struck by lightning and it melted the helo hanger door, just melted it, the entire fucking door, okay? Lightning is incredibly destructive, incredibly destructive. And now scientists say they can Make, I lost you there for a second. All right. So scientists are saying they can, we know lightning is incredibly destructive. And now scientists can direct it where they want it to go, where they can, they can make it strike where they want it to strike. They're not creating lightning. They're just directing a force of nature. One of the most destructive forces of nature, by the way. In, if you go down to the desert in Nevada, you can, there, they actually have, there's a museum where they have displays of, where the ground has been struck by lightning and it's melted and created these metal structures in the ground from the naturally occurring metals that are there, just melted them all. And then someone found one, said, what the hell is this? Dug it up and found out it's like a fucking Christmas tree that's underground from where the lightning struck. Yeah. Right. We're going to be able to direct that shit. With lasers, yep. you can say, oh, look, there's a storm brewing over here. Let's see if we can make that lightning strike over on this house. Oh, look, the Kremlin is having a thunderstorm. So with this, you could weaponize lightning. You could also make it safe for people to be out in a thunderstorm. If Yeah, if you can make the lightning strike anywhere you're not. Right, but come on. We're back to the monkey brain thing. <laughs> is this something that you really want to do? Is this something that you really want to do? Are you sure that this is such a good idea to play with lightning like this? Right. I mean, I can see the benefits of it, but I can also see how it could go horribly awry. Yeah. So, yeah. How about the radio burst, the fast radio burst? Well, the thing is that it was just like, this is like an inevitable story. Whereas it's like, if you keep pointing... Um, your radio telescopes in certain directions and you're looking for signals, you are going to find strange patterns. Now, apparently this is, th these are not signals from space. These quote signals from space is probably the result of two magnetars coming together. 
And as they and as they rotate, and as now, they, hold on, hold on, what's a magnetar? Oh, what is a magnetar? Magnetar is, a, is uh, the remnant of of a of a dead star, I believe. Wouldn't it be great if I okay, actually so stars that don't go supernova turn into magnetars? Right, They're, they 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 do other things. They turn into other things. They like it. Should it would be nice if I actually had the definition here. Um, this is from Science Alert. It's official. The fast radio burst coming from within our ga galaxy is repeating. The first object within the Milky Way galaxy caught emitting fast radio burst is now officially a repeater. In a new peer-reviewed paper, SGR 1935-2154 has been described as spitting out two or more powerful radio signals consistent with these seen from extragalactic sources. So what is the significance of it repeating? Well, the, the thing is, is that they, what is the significance of this repeating? Um, it's just basically confirming the science. Now, there are a lot of people here within the paranormal community who want to believe that this is like a, like a signal from space. Like these are aliens trying to send us um, signals. Like um, you've, you've seen the movie Contact. This mm -hmm. and, and a lot of people want to believe that these signals are like um, another civilization's version of SETI trying to reach out and chit chat with us. Um, the most likely of sources of this that does not come from um, intelligent lives is from magnetars. And from according to this article, magnetars are funny beasts. They're a type of neutron star, a tiny collapsed core of a dead star. That's about 1.1 to 2.5 times the mass of the sun, but packed into a sphere just 20 kilometers or 12 miles across. Mag magnetars add this, add to this an intensely powerful magnetic field around a thousand times more powerful than normal neutron stars and a quadrillion times more powerful than Earth's, more powerful than our magnetic um, sphere. Uh, we don't really know how they form. Um, recent uh, evidence suggests that colliding neutron stars could be one way, but we know that they go through periods of intense disruption and activity. Now, he, the reason why this is important for our listeners is that we want to eliminate all of the other possibilities before we start entertaining whether or not this is... Um, intelligent life trying to reach out into the cosmos chances are, right, so are yeah go ahead you want to know what we're hearing right we don't want to we don't want to jump to conclusions and say that we know for a fact that this is one thing when we know that it's not chances chances are really good that it's probably um something that occurs in nature and what i mean in nature it, it just occurs naturally in the cosmos it's like um once we eliminate all the other possibilities, then maybe we should start looking at the signal and seeing if there are any other patterns that we could dis decipher. Um, this could be, I mean, this could be anything. Chances are, if it's a repeating signal like this, and it is intelligent life, then it's obviously a signal saying, hey, we're here. Um, but we don't, we don't want to invest too much time into looking at the signal and the signal quality and, and, and what's in the signal. If it's just... If it's just background noise. Right. I, I would like to believe that once we eliminate the fact that this is a, quote, magnetar, 
and it could be intelligent life, then we, then we can like look deeper into the signal. Um, or it, it, you know, it, it, it could be, um, it could be, it could be anything, but I think that that's the most likely of all scenarios that it is just something that just occurs in nature. Um, and when I say when it occurs in nature, I'm not saying it occurs in the Amazon forest. I mean, it, it, it's like somewhere <laughs> in the galaxy far, far away. It has a non-intelligent life origin. Right. Just happens as part of reality. Yeah. In outer space. That's actually cool as hell. It, I think it is. I think that the idea that, that it makes, um, it makes this is this is the kind of thing you're a lot more familiar with than I am. So like magnetars, I heard of the term magnetar before, but I didn't like I didn't know, for example, it was quotillion times our Earth's magnet magnetic core packed into a 12 mile area. Right. I mean, that's that's kind of mind boggling in and of itself. And to end on a kind of a, uh, <laughs> well, a lighter note. In my home state of Utah here, apparently there's now a metal Toblerone sticking out of the red rock. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a triangular, shiny metal thing just sticking out of the rock. Somebody just left it there. Now, who's the somebody? Yeah. Who's the somebody who left this thing that it looks like a monolith from 2001 A Space Odyssey? Now, to be honest with you, they haven't said where this is. They really haven't said. But if they're counting bighorn sheep in remote Utah, southern Utah, I'm guessing it's probably somewhere out by the in this the southeastern section of Utah, because that's where there's a lot of red rock. Um, when you go further west, it's not as much red rock, right? So this is closer to like Moab or Bryce Canyon, and probably not as close to, say, St. George. But I'm not intimately familiar with the southern part of the state, so I can't definitely say for certain. But I will say all of the pictures that I see is, how did it get in there? Anything big enough to transport this damn thing would have left tracks, and there's no sign of any tracks. Exactly. So how the hell does this get there? Now, is it possible that someone... Was carrying it in a helicopter and just dropped it and it stuck into the ground? Absolutely. Right. The next question is, why? Why not? Right? Someone watched too much 2001 A Space Odyssey. Well, here's the, here's the question. And it's sort of like, I've always wondered what would happen if we found an alien artifact out in the desert like this. I'm not saying I did this because I have an alibi. I have, I have a lot of alibis. <laughs> I can actually prove without a doubt. We also don't know how long it's been there. Exactly. Too, so. But I have always wondered what would happen if out in the middle of the desert, there was this alien artifact. And when I mean alien, I don't mean extraterrestrial. I mean strange. It's the same thing with crop circles. You have these elaborate crop circles that are obviously... I don't want to toss out intelligent design because of the, the, the negative connotation, but it's obviously of some kind of intelligent design. It just didn't show up overnight. 
on. Well, this is not something that is formed in nature. I mean, no, no. I mean, like... I'm talking about all these weird things that just show up out of the blue, like crop circles oh, okay. and this monolith. Yeah. How are people going yeah. to react, and what's their first reaction? You can tell everything that you need to know about somebody when they see something like this, where their first reaction is either oh, aliens or what kind of jackass would do this in their spare time? Who has the spare time to do this shit? <laughs> well, I mean, first of all, just the raw materials. Then the thing is, I'm looking at a person standing next to it right now. It's and huge. I'm guessing he's about six feet tall. So this thing is sticking out of the ground a good 12, 13, 14 feet, right? So, and it's got to be, it looks like it's a good three feet wide maybe four feet wide, somewhere in that area. And if it's solid metal, that thing is heavy as hell. Right. Depending on the metal it's made out of, even if it's aluminum, which is a light metal, it's still going to be heavy. So how the hell did they get it out there? How the hell did they drive it into the stone? Because the people that are walking out there aren't this is stone that this thing is in. And it doesn't look like there's, I mean, it, it <laughs> I don't know what the hell this thing is. I really don't. No. But this is not something found in nature. No, not at all. You know, Reddit users noted there were lines by its base that suggested a rock saw had been used to put it in the ground that appeared to be held together with screws, dispelling the theory that it could be one large chunk of metal. So, okay, apparently I can't zoom in as much as, the, as these Redditors can. Right. I don't see, I don't see screws. Maybe. You know what? Yeah, it looks like there's... There's little dots on it in this one picture. So those could be screws holding it together. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's, uh, that's <laughs> so this looks like it's just a person. It looks like, so, it looks like it. somebody did this as some sort of yeah. like performance art. Right. Or for, I mean, hell, let's just, let's just take a step on the deep end, right? This could be some sort of religious object for oh. no, some new religious sect for all could we know. Could be. Could be remnants of a burning man that happened out here decades ago we don't know how long this has been there yeah because there's parts of there's parts of utah that are pretty goddamn remote that people generally don't go to very often you know if the more densely populated the area like someplace like moab chances are this is if this is quote unquote near moab it's 50 60 80 miles away from moab because people go out there and they drive their four-wheelers and all this other kind of shit. This would have been found out before now if it had been there for any length of time and it's that close to Moab. So I don't know where this is and they don't want to turn it into a like a tourist thing. So they're not telling anybody where it is. But whoever did this, and I do think this is the more I look at it, you know, I'm looking at this one picture, and it does it does look like there are screw marks on yeah. the places where they put screws in. Whoever did this, well done. Yeah, very, very well done. I'm a little jealous. Yeah. I'm a little envious. And I wonder, yeah, right? the thought had occurred to me, maybe it's our listener who wants to see if whether or not we would talk about this in a future show. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to see it. I would like that to have. That would, that would be cool. Imagine there being a giant crop circle of our logo. 
somewhere in the fields of Iowa. Yeah, that exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I think that it was just like, who, whoever did this was brilliant. I'd love to get them on the show and get them to explain to us what the fuck were you thinking? And yeah, right? what was, what, honestly, what's the point of all of this? Yeah. I, and I mean, it's, it's kind of cool. It, it certainly is. It, it certainly is. Here, but here's the question that I, I also have. Could they be charged for trespassing and, and either vandalism or pollution? Well, like, honestly, they, they could get them for um, pollution. I don't think – can't really get them for vandalism. They didn't really damage anything except the ground that it went into. And even then, they're not. It's, it doesn't look like it's endangering any wildlife or anything. Um, if it's on BLM or public lands or even just undeclared lands, that's not trespassing. Can't get them for that. But it is. I think the most they could do is get them for vandalism or something. You know, vandalism or pollution. But no matter how you slice it, it's a pretty cool story. I mean, 2020's thrown us some fucking curveballs, and this is just another one. That's a lot more lighthearted on that list. <laughs> I love it. That's cool as hell, man. So this is always the weird part. It's like, hey, we've run out of things to talk about. We've just we've covered everything. Yeah, we actually did cover everything. We today. covered everything that was on the show page. As a matter of fact, I'm going to double check and make sure. And yeah, let's see, we did we did the steel monolith, fast radio bursts, lasers pointing lightning, human monkey brains, and the Biden transition team. Pretty Michael much. McCabe. Yeah. Pretty much. That is true. And I also, let me just see here. I'm actually jumping here over to Twitter because um, I got this neat little message from, uh, from Paige. One of the things that I've been trying to do is reach out to other podcasters and say, hey, listen, we, we, we want to have you as guests on the show and talk about the work that you do. And I invited this wonderful woman page from um, Reverie True Crime Podcast. And she, we actually, I'm actually dedicating this show to her. And um, she had, we had this nice little exchange and she said that she appreciates our work and that, well, I appreciate her work that she does yeah. and the true crime family is one of those um one of those little happy accidents that i've stumbled upon whereas like these people are just so incredibly supportive of one another that it it warms my heart knowing that it was just like it's not there are jerks out there who are very competitive and they are out to hurt other people um but people like Paige are just simply phenomenal she's new she's starting out um and I expect great things from her in the future. And I'd like to have her on the show and just sit down with her and just say, why true crime? And what cases do you like to talk about the most? What's, what, are the, what have you done and what are you going to do in the future? What kind of cases do you like to cover? And what, what, what can we expect in the near future? Um, so hoping to get her on True Crime 101? That, that's my goal. That is, that is my goal because of, with everything else that's been going on behind the scenes here, um, and there's a lot of, God, there are so many weird things going on right now behind the scenes that I would really like to be able to get into. Um, 
it's sort of like kind of like put a, a, a bookmark in the topic that we started this episode. And it's, it's probably going to be close to two hours um, yeah. when all is said and done. Um, I think this election has done a lot to hurt the country. I yes. think that to a, to a large extent, I think that the campaign between Hillary and Donald have done a lot to hurt this country. I think that Donald Trump's presidency and the reaction to Donald Trump's presidency has done a lot to hurt the country. Um, my, I've lost a lot of faith in the process because of the primary. And, yes. um, I don't, and the election itself, if and, I'm being honest. And the election itself and the process and the recount, um, it really took a lot out of me. And a lot of people that I thought would be friends for life, I can't talk to anymore because of the, yeah. the lines that have been crossed. And if I say something such as the New York Post reports, this is what was found on Hunter Biden's laptop. And I'm very careful, very careful to say and frame it as such. The New York Post reports this is what was found on Hunter Biden's laptop. Here's the story. By, min by simply saying, here's the controversy, here's what's wrong about the article, here's what's right about the article, just by simply bringing attention to it, has made me persona non grata in small circles. I'd like to be able to say that it doesn't hurt that much. Um, talking about the controversy surrounding the Wuhan Institute of Virology and talking about the taboo topic of um, COVID-19 possible, probable lab, um, lab leak hypothesis um, has really ruined the relationship that I had with somebody who I thought was a friend. And I've been ghosting this friend and our mutual friend. And I, and I, and I won't, I won't name names mm -hmm. because I, I, I actually feel really bad for our friend who has sort of taken the brunt and I have watched him lose pretty much almost everything in the past year or two because he was um, to have friends. You have to be a friend. And he was defending somebody who is indefensible. And I've, I've seen him lose everything. I, and I've, I've, I've watched him lose everything that he he's built over the years. And I don't know how to talk to him about this. Um, the really sort of like the last sanctuary that I have online is the true crime community because I mean, really when it, when it comes to, and this is, this is strange, not even, not even in the paranormal community, do we have this or the cosplay community that I've also sort of like, I've put some distance um, between me and them. Everything has to be fact based in the true crime community. And we all have this one goal in common. We want to help solve these crimes. We want to solve. We want to solve these murders. Um, and but the thing is, when for me it's true crime. True crime also falls into the jurisdiction of um, government corruption, um, government conspiracies and cover-ups. And I like to think that I I talk about those things in facts matter. Um, it's, it's strange and it's awkward that talking to people about um, unsolved crimes and unsolved murders and some of the ghoulish details is really sort of my last refuge on the internet where um, politics does not come into play. 
and I want to do right by this community. And I have two episodes yeah. in the can that I have not been able to publish because I haven't been able to dedicate the time to them. Um, I really thought that 2020 was going to be the, the year that we really got into true crime. Um, and, then, and unfortunately, um, the election got in the way. And I got in the way. Yeah. I got in the way. Well, and, and let's face it, shit went south. Yeah. I mean, shit went south in my personal life um, in, in many different ways. Um, and, and, and things are, things are, things are getting better. Things are, are definitely, um, things are getting better. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, I, I'm, I hate, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad this year is almost over and yeah. I am absolutely, totally happy and glad that, um, we're, we're probably going to turn the page. <laughs> I hope I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Um, but like I, like I said, I, I'm, I'm grateful that this, that this year is over or it's almost over. And we should also do, um, I think we should do a year in review and I want to, I want to get some of our friends to come on the show and I want to do a, um, an episode called what the F just happened talking about 2020. <laughs> yeah. There's a handful of people I want to get on the show and just get their take. What do you think? What happened? Right. And what do you, and what are your, yeah, that's that, that I, that I think I like the idea of having like an, a year end episode. Um, obviously we'll have to record it sometime in December. Right. But just kind of a, a look back on the year retrospective of just what the hell? <laughs> what was and, that? <laughs> right. And also what is going to, what do we see happening or what do we see coming in 2021? Cause it's not like, you know, midnight of 2020, all of a sudden, everything that happened in 2020 is going to disappear. No. So, yeah. I mean, it'll be, next year's going to be an interesting year too. Uh, and we didn't even talk about whether or not they found the, uh, a vaccine for COVID-19. I thought, because there are now three or four pharmaceutical companies say that they have. They right. Have found- a varying effectiveness. I think um, Pfizer is the first one. That's they're still claiming ninety five, like ninety five point three percent efficiency, and then the second one was like ninety four point two or something like that. And I just found out um, someone I know personally is has now been diagnosed with COVID nineteen, and she has asthma. So I am really concerned about her. Yeah, I am too. But this is the first person that I know personally that has actually caught COVID nineteen. Mm-hmm. where it's dangerous to them. It's going to be an interesting year. And it's going to be an interesting December. I can tell you that. Um, it's going to, it's it, the next month and leading up to um, Inauguration Day is going to be interesting. That's for sure. You can almost guarantee that something weird is going to happen. It's almost as if so many other people have said, hey, I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. <laughs> but, and, and here's the thing, and it's like we, we are quickly approaching the two-hour mark. Um, shit, and I gotta go to work. Oh, shit, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I'm done. I'm done with 2020. I'm waiting to see what's going to happen next. So we'll see. Thank you, Jay, for another awesome episode. Thank you, sir. Always a good time. Congratulations on surviving another episode of the Thor Chronicles radio show. 
Find out more about the Fedora Chronicles by visiting our website, thefedorachronicles.com. That's where you can find our show notes, past episodes, and articles. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, by simply searching for us on those platforms. Don't forget to join our group on Facebook and follow us on Twitter so that you can keep up with what we will be talking about in the next episode. Facebook, Twitter, and our email address, fedorachronicle at google.com, are great ways to drop us a line with your comments and show topic suggestions. And if it's any good, we promise we will read your comment on the air. Support the show by contributing to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Fedora Chronicles. For a mere dollar a month, you get early access to the podcast, updates on what we're doing, and for $5 a month, you get all that and a t-shirt and coffee mug of your choice. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you to all of our listeners who are already contributing. You can also support the show and show off your incredible, impeccable taste by buying our merch at Zazzle.com slash store slash Fedora Chronicles. The theme songs for the show are Royal Flush and Black Cabaret by Olive Music. All other music on the show is listed on the show page and has been provided to us by Premium Beats from Shutterstock. Copyright The Fedora Chronicles 2020. All rights reserved. On behalf of my co-host Jason and I, this is Eric Renner King Fisk signing off and reminding you to keep your chins up and your fedoras on.